And hello, and welcome everyone to the comic multiverse where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel. And Matt, I'm back home. I'm glad that didn't last uh, longer than I thought I was. Back home without the coronavirus. Without that coronavirus. You know, I'm hoarding a lot of toilet paper, but you know, beyond <laughs> that, I'm back home and everything's okay. Can you believe that was a fucking story this week? I can because I live it. <laughs> you did there's like major like toilet paper outages in australia one lady was trying to become the queen of barter town of toilet paper yeah what was even funny is during the during the height of it like the first couple of days apparently near where i live a toilet paper truck caught on fire and oh no i i i i got a good laugh out of it because i just imagined it was like that scene in in mad max 2 where they're trying to steal the fuel <laughs> and the, the truck just goes up in flames <laughs> go go my raiders into the wasteland and yeah. bring me back to fly for i am the warlord sharma <laughs> there's people covered in those in the cardboard tubes from the middle of the toilet roll and <laughs> yes these guys are the shittiest fallout gang i've ever seen <laughs> literally man here's the funny thing about that so like i heard this toilet paper thing from you and i'm like that's not happening in canada is it it is apparently in some of the bigger city centers and i'm like well why is it happening there's really no reason for no. it. People are just kind of doing it because some people got scared and thought, oh, I should do this. And then once toilet paper scarcity became a thing, other people are like, well, I guess I got to do it too. The, the, the logic behind it just doesn't make any sense. I think they think, well, toilet paper is a sanitary product and coronavirus yep. is stopped by being sanitary. And if I get the toilet paper and cover myself in the toilet paper... <laughs> I will be completely immune to all diseases, including the coronavirus. It's a magical barrier, you see. You keep it all out. Yeah. Well, while they're while they're buying the toilet paper, we're just stocking up on the canned food, all the important stuff. Here's the truly funny thing. So, like, when I heard this toilet paper rationing story, I went to the store this week because, you know, I hadn't been here in, like, a couple days, and I needed to buy stuff, and I saw there was a sale at my local store on toilet paper and paper towels. Mm -hmm. I saw a bunch of people going through there with like armfuls of paper towels. And I'm like, oh, oh, should I do this now? Should I start doing it? The Cause they're doing it. I'm like, no, Joel, if you start doing it, then that's how the brain worms work. And that's how craziness starts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I have to assume they saw like a bunch of people doing it and just started panicking and then it just spread. And yeah, it's, it's very strange. It's very strange. Cause I, I did hear that people were, buying it to send to china because there's shortages in china but that doesn't make any sense because that would cost a fortune because shipping isn't weight it's size yeah it's uh it's fomo man it's fear of missing out that's the effect that's got going on yeah yeah my camera's not fucking up this week although people are telling you my voice is sounding unusually deep it is yeah sounds like you're sick maybe you do have that corona after all maybe i actually have the corona after all i mean well if deep voice joel is the worst we're already live now so it's not like we can go back and stop it <laughs> i think i sound fine maybe it's a problem i mean is everything plugged in right because i moved my mic and everything and i hope it doesn't ruin the show everyone have you got your voice modulator off your bane voice modulator oh no you mean this no <laughs> i did no such thing uh here look uh, l l l let's talk more about coronavirus while i check my settings i don't think i've done anything wrong yeah i don't think you sound too bad 
Okay. Okay, just so long as it doesn't ruin the show. I don't know what the hell you just did then, but you just blew my eardrums out. Oh no, I didn't mean to do that. Am I okay now? Yeah, you're okay now. I, I dared to open the settings is what happened. <laughs> Everyone in the chat, Louise saying Joel was replaced. Joel's a scrawl. Joel is suddenly more buttery than comic explains. <laughs> Yes, everyone go tell Rob that. Go tell him that I've replaced him with a smooth voice. Now let me <laughs> tell you about this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but besides that, besides toilet paper rationing and other craziness, how's your week been, Matt? Uh, pretty slow. I've been trying to get all my comics done, but I just had one thing after another. But as well as doing comics, I somehow managed to watch the whole season of that new TV show, Hunters. Oh yeah, I saw you tweeting about that. How was that? I'm like behind on several shows, but that looked good. It's really good. The twist that comes at the end, you could probably call from like the second episode though. Um, there's a weird tonal shift in it where you'll get episodes that are like really serious about like outfits and like the people who, who were there and all <laughs> that sort of stuff. And then it'll just cut to like Grindhouse-esque, almost bordering on Legends of Tomorrow style wackery sort of like ultra-violence. That's funny. Yeah, it's a very strange huh. tonal shift. Oh, I might have to check that but it, out. But it, it's I, really uh, good. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Well, that's good. I might have to look into that then. Uh, much like you, similarly, I had a whole bunch of reviews I desperately tried to get to and barely made a dent in it, though most of it's not my fault because I was out of the house for a couple days. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, YouTube really started fucking up. I was one of those people... And maybe you were too who was affected by that whole, oh, you can upload a video, but it'll just process forever and never actually upload. Yeah, yeah. That it, uh, I keep getting that. I just end up just like leaving them and like going and doing something else because I don't know what they've done. But like it now takes like like a three or four minute video, like almost half an hour to process. Yeah. Whereas before it would happen like almost instantly. It would. What a, what what has happened, YouTube? Why why do you never roll out any good updates? Why do you only ever <laughs> roll out updates that make things worse? Well, see, they're 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 updates that we find worse, but probably all their big creators or their whales find mm -hmm. like very handy or something, because that's all they care yeah. about. <laughs> you know, if you're the pooty shoe out there, you're probably probably feeling pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Also, if you couldn't tell from that reference, I also, my power was out this week too. Someone, some fucking white trash a-hole lit like an actual power line on fire here in my small town. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was making that up, but that's 100% true. Some a-hole got drunk or high or whatever and just set a power line on fire. So I was without power for a couple hours there, which cost me a day of videos. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> but in that time, before my laptop died, I watched uh, the first episode of that Charlie Day show, uh, Mystic Quest, Raven's Banquet. Oh, yeah? What's that like? It's fun, you know? It's very much a workplace comedy. You've definitely seen this kind of setup in these characters before, but it's got a great cast. They got Charlie Day. They got Ashley Birch in there. They got a ton of really funny people who you're probably going to like. Uh, uh, apparently... Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, God damn, I'm having a bit of a stroke here. What is her name? This is driving me crazy. I had it on the tip of my tongue. She voices Bojack's sister in the later episodes of Bojack Horseman. Not only is she in the show, but she's actually written a couple episodes. So that's a fun thing the show does, actually lets the actors write. They do get something kind of wrong that kind of ticked me off. 
because you know it's it's all based in a game development studio right mm-hmm. people uh, you know working to make a game which it, it's a game but it's clearly just clips from assassin's creed and uh that other ubisoft uh, the, game the, those kind of like game development stuff yeah <laughs> They, they do make a joke about it, though, where it's like, well, no one actually owns anything here. We're all owned by some parent company in Montreal. And I'm like, ha, 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 they're saying Ubisoft without saying Ubisoft. Yeah, well, I think they but, worked uh, with Ubisoft on, on the show. Which is why we saw the trailer for the show at the Ubisoft conference at E3 <laughs> like a year ago. Yeah. But they do make one joke that kind of drove me crazy because it like it's it's very close to being right and being funny, but so far away that it drove me nuts. It's uh that they have a PewDiePie stand-in called Pootie Shoe, who's like this twelve-year-old kid, and all the game developers live in fear of this twelve-year-old to be like, oh no, you know what he says about our game can make or break us. And I'm like, okay, two things with that. One, that's not true. Second of all, I wish they were immature twelve-year-olds who are the big popular streamers right now. No, it's all adults who act like uh, they're 12. That's the problem. Yeah, that probably would have been the funnier joke if it was like a 40-year-old or something acting like a... Um, acting like they're 12. Acting like they're 12, yeah. Yeah, doing the ma'am, I'm streaming ma'am. And I'm like, okay, that's been done. But, you know, it, it's an <laughs> all right show. I, I'm definitely going to keep watching it. But, yeah, that's that's how my week went. You know, some ups, some downs, some sidewayses cool cool uh but yeah thank you everyone for joining us tonight on this sunday especially after we didn't have a live show uh last week i see we got a lot of people a lot of regulars joining us and some people we haven't seen in a bit we got me elmo x and magmaster and dark knight nation and luis and lich lord chris haven't seen lich lord chris in a bit uh yeah we got all sorts of fun people uh coming by and joining us now always always appreciate it everyone normally this is the point in the show too where i would say uh if we had an app or uh, had an ad spot or not we don't but again if you want to get in on the ad spot write me an email and uh for about 50 bucks i'll talk about your kickstarter i'll talk about your channel or creative uh project assuming i bet it so that's an option and also hey well, we're sending thanks uh, to the fans out there. Thanks to our good buddy, SD Althani, who uh, tossed some coinage my way over on coffee. And it looks like I can go get this cracked tooth fixed. So thanks, SD. <laughs> nice, nice. But much, much appreciated there. Yeah, yes, you really helped me dodge a bullet this week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got glasses too this week, uh, Matt. Or I got uh, my first eye test. So I'm actually going to be joining the glasses gang soon. I'll oh, be fantastic. looking smarter in no time awesome my eye test was great because it's just this very nice doctor trying to tell me you can't see shit son how did you last this long i was exactly the same he's because did you have the thing where they put the thing on they're like okay which ones Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and he's like he's like how did you get here it's like yeah (laughs) like i drove i was fine oh no yeah that's the thing he says like you don't drive do you like no someone drove me here oh thank god you can't (laughs) see anything the thing that really blew me away is i knew my far vision was bad like when they say read the last line i'm like man i can't do that that's that's you know i can't but what really got me was when he gave me the peripheral vision test Mm -hmm. where he's like how many fingers do i got on this side i'm like okay two that's easy how many fingers over here I don't know. It's like, okay, so you're almost entirely blind on your right side is what we're saying. So so if you try to attack Joel, attack from the right. 
attack him from the right. He's like, yeah, your left, your right eye is overcompensating for your shitty left, and it's gotten so strained now you can't see out of your right. I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. You know, if a mugger ever comes at me from the right, <laughs> I'll literally, I'll literally be like, hey man, if you're gonna say that to me, say it, say it to the left, because <laughs> then I might see you coming. Uh, I get a bunch of people coming in who are just hearing my voice now and saying that it's low and demonic. Don't worry, everyone. We're, I'm also recording a backup of this one too, so by yeah, the I'll, time I'll it have gets to on compare them because I have to download this from Twitch um, for our video part. So like, I'll I'll check and see if there's any difference. I don't think there will be. Uh, I guess we'll figure. Out. JT Wizzy says uh, this isn't Joel; it's his son, who is also a clone. You know, he's part of the Sith Eternal. You joke, JT Wizzy. We're gonna get to that. I put that on the news this week because I thought uh, enough time has come by for Matt and I to finally talk about this. Yeah. Joel went dark ops deep throat. <laughs> look, look what I'm telling you about this. Just gotta follow the money. It's always about the money. <laughs> I I worked on the Montgomery Burns campaign. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, with that, if we don't have anything else from our week, I guess we can hop into the news. And there was a fairly decent amount of news this week, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps uh, one of the more surprising things this week, although really not, but it is having something of a domino effect. Emerald City Comic Con was, I think it was next week, or it was very soon. This coming uh, weekend, I, I believe, yeah. Yes, this coming weekend was canceled due to fear of coronavirus in fact so was south by southwest the big uh film festival was also canceled due to fear about the virus and you know big packed rooms full of people spreading germs back and forth to each other that's a good reason they canceled these due to you know public health concerns but also because a lot of the big stars and uh, big companies were backing out of these events. In fact, uh, this story mm -hmm. before it turned into this was going to be DC has pulled out of every con for the rest of the year. Oh, really? Every con? Or at least all the ones this month, but that's what they were making it sound like, that they were going to be pulling out of every con because they wow. can't afford to get their talent sick. They can't yeah, afford yeah. to send their writers there, which I totally get because, yeah, it's a big... It's a big money thing and you know you think if that's hurting your favorite comic writers you know who work for the big two i feel really bad for the artist alley people and the merch people who are going there selling their own stuff because now they just lost you know one of their biggest places to sell their wares and that sucks for them yeah yeah it, it does suck obviously there's a good reason for it to be happening but yeah it does it's like I, I did see i think it might have been charles soul he did he he, posted, he made like a big thread of all the people who would be all the creators who would be going to emerald city and he's he said he'll buy something from every one of them as well as they're there to like post and see where they can buy online stuff yeah that's uh that's really nice one but yeah wow this corona thing is no no joke now with all these major uh companies backing out now and stopping and stopping a big event like South by Southwest and Emerald City Comic Con is no easy task. Mm -hmm. Now, with uh, with these shows too, at least with Emerald City, uh, as Matt is showing here with the image he brought up, it's canceled, but it's really more postponed. They're going to try and have it again in the summer, they said. Yeah, yeah, which hopefully they, they'll be able to do, and hopefully coronavirus kind of goes away and stops disrupting all these sorts of things. 
Yeah, we'll we'll see about that. We'll definitely see about that. But uh, yeah, if uh, if anyone was going to either of these shows, sound out in the comments section down there and uh, tell us. I would love to know. South by Southwest is pretty is like quite was quite the big shot because it's not just like confined to like conventions and like the whole town of Austin. Yeah, just like gets in on it with like parties and different shows and the thing all around the town. So that's like quite a big hit. Yeah, absolutely. And again, similarly, like all the other shows, it sucks for these young filmmakers who are, you know, really hoping to mm -hmm. get their work seen, maybe for the only time, are now not going to get people to see it until the show comes back on. And that's got to be a it's got to be a real heartbreaker for creative people out there. Yeah, I have to imagine that a lot of the a lot of the outlying stuff from that show will actually still take place, like underground parties and conferences and stuff, because this this close to it i doubt there would be any way you could cancel it and get back some of your money or anything like that yeah i mean that's definitely the hope you know that's definitely the hope mm -hmm. uh what else do we got going on here just just a little update on everyone for you know con stuff because it is comic related it is comic creator related i thought people would like to know what was up with that yeah uh, I guess our other big piece of news here, uh, Christian Bale officially 100% confirmed now by Tessa Thompson to be playing a villain in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, I'm, I am totally down with this, the, uh, the, but he has to be playing Gore. Has to be mm, Gore. That's the big question. What kind of villain is he going to play now? Is he going to be playing Gore the God Butcher? Could he be Dario Agar? I've mm -hmm. heard some people say that, you know, maybe do a little throwback to his American psycho part. Yeah, I could see that as well. Again, I'm still not... I, I guess he probably couldn't be a villainous version of Boulder the Bright now because it's way too close to them making Hela uh, another uh, extended family member of Thor, so that would be a problem. Yeah. I mean, there's no telling who he could play. There's uh, definitely a lot of places they could go. And I think that's super cool that they got yet another Batman to play a villain yeah. in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised that he was actually down for it. I know. Maybe this is one of those he really wants to work with uh, Taika Waititi type things. Yeah, yeah, especially after his Oscar win, yeah. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, Jude's, uh, Jude's blowing up at the moment. Mm-hmm. Did you see that article? Apparently, Taika Waititi is going to be doing a uh, Netflix. Uh, it's either a movie or a show, but it's about the Oompa Loompas from Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah, he's doing two Charlie and the Chocolate Factory series. One about Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, the other one about the Oompa Loompas. And on one hand, I'm like, that's stupid. Then it's like Taika Waititi's doing it. I'm like, that's awesome. Let's see what he has to say. Well, I like I like like because like in the original story, it's like hinted at that the Oompa Loompas were like on an island or something. Yeah, and, and, and Willy Wonka brought them or like captured them, enslaved them yeah. <laughs> to come work at his factory. So it's a pretty funny, like satirical take on that you could do. Definitely. And and like the worst thing about it is that Wonka always made it sound like it was their idea. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> there's all these vicious canids out there that eat Oompa Loompas by the hole. And I said, hey, come live with me in my factory and work, you know. <laughs> and never stop. Just, you know. And never stop working and sing happy songs about all these children that I'm maiming. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's good and you know if he's also doing a more like you know traditional charlie and the chocolate factory story i actually think he would be really good to do a take on that because mm-hmm. all of taika watiti's movies are you know cute and whimsical but with very dark undercurrents to them yeah exactly like the original charlie and the chocolate factory movie yeah, where, you know, Burton kind of dropped the ball because he's like, oh, well, let's put the offsetting creepy stuff front and center. It's like, well, no, well, that doesn't work then. No. No, it's got to be a fun undercurrent. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, so this is this is a fun story right here. Again, you know, uh, you place your bets right now on who you think he's going to play. I think he could play any number of characters, and I actually cannot wait to see what he brings to the role. Yeah, I, I'm intrigued to see how they'll incorporate him into the whole because obviously jane foster's back as well and she's going to be mm-hmm. coming thor as well which means you've got the cancer story probably so like mm. there's lots of stuff to balance out in this film definitely definitely that's why i keep coming back to him being dario agar because you know dario agar is really more at the end of the day more of a jane villain mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. a thor villain yeah do you think there might be two like a, a jane villain and a thor and like a thor villain that would be interesting that would be a way to do it some people have even said wouldn't it be crazy if he came in as a more villainous version of like beta ray bill who's like a bad guy at first but then becomes a good guy by the end of the movie i I could maybe see that people just really want beta ray bill in this movie no matter what even if it doesn't make any sense because he's a talking space horse Uh, also too the chat saying apparently and i remember this too apparently they said they weren't gonna tackle the cancer story maybe yeah i think they said it may or may not factor into it i have to say it will up in the air definitely i hope they do it i think that's actually quite the thing to have a superhero who also has cancer and yet mm-hmm. overcomes it i think that's some pretty inspiring shit yeah yeah it'd also be a hell of a thing too to be like hey we haven't seen jane in a bit what's wrong with jane oh she has cancer oh no i'd, I'd like the story to be like she left thor because she knew she had the cancer and didn't want him to blame himself uh i like that a lot and then you can do the scene from the comics where like thor is so dumb and there is no cancer in asgard he's like where is this foul beast cancer i will have fisticuffs with it no no thor thor honey you can't you can't punch cancer oh (laughs) well then i don't know what to do yeah exactly that that's why i (laughs) like yeah that (laughs) that would be very cute if they did that then again, it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to make cancer funny, you know, in the Marvel mm. Cinematic Universe, which are all these feel-good uh, movies for the most part. But then again, if anyone could make cancer funny, it's Taika Waititi. Definitely. I mean, if he can make Hitler funny. He made a whole movie that's basically like, I bet I can make World War II and Hitler funny. And they're like, no, you can't. He's like, did it. <laughs> won an Oscar well, for it. <laughs> and won an Oscar. Well, here's the thing. We can have cancer in the movie, but only if Taika Waititi plays her cancer. <laughs> voices it he voices the cancer every so often we see jane on a cellular level and it's just taika watiti like oh hey it's me taika watiti cancer (laughs) that's more australian than new zealand i'm sorry i'm not firing on all cylinders today (laughs) but that would be funny that he just voices the cancer because he can make anything charming (laughs) you can make anything funny tevier as long as you try it's true again there are many things that stand as a was a as a testament to that's true and again it i mean you look at all the taika watiti's movies it's shit that shouldn't be funny but is yeah yeah 
like what is it his first movie boy was just about like oh and here's an almost biographical movie about my father who abandoned me as yeah, a child yeah and domestic abuse <laughs> yeah oh oh but i bet i can make it funny i bet i could make world war ii funny uh <laughs> hunt for the wilder people again i bet i can make being an orphan and being trapped in the bush also funny <laughs> you can find a way i, I believe in taika man i believe in it and uh, I guess from one uh, kind of Batman-centric story to another, we actually got our first look at what the Batmobile is going to look like uh, in the new Matt Reeves movie. And I'm very happy it's a car. Same here. It's been so long since we got something that wasn't like a tank or some sort of like paramilitary vehicle. I also appreciate that it is just a souped-up car, and the fact that it is such a basic souped-up car, uh, I think... Uh, really what is it speaks to what they're trying to do with the movie and that this really is batman year one yeah 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 this is like probably just removed from batman year one where instead of a motorbike he's got the car now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in fact uh what is it in that old aronofsky script that they never produced for uh batman year one which was you know the radical frank miller uh movie revision to that famous comic book story the car they described in that script looked a lot like this car yeah it was like a cadillac or something and i mean it, you can't say that those things never eventually make their way back into batman movies because again i do believe in that script and i had forgotten about this batman had like a wayne family ring that he punched people with and it left a bat indent it's a crazy script that you can understand why it never got made yeah al was like a um alfred was a, a mechanic named big al big al which is kind of funny in and of itself and like bruce wayne was like a feral child i don't think they're going to be doing that for this movie but they at least took the car concept yeah yeah you know it looks really cool it looks as people pointed out it looks like a real modern take on like the 60s batmobile where it's got like those like the the bat fins on the end but instead of sticking up this they're like flat batman also has a cape in this picture too which is interesting because obviously on the motorbike and everything else he didn't because they were probably going to add that in later so i actually like getting to see the cape in this picture yeah yeah it looks really good He's got, like, a collar to the cape, too, at the back, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, very reminiscent of, like, the White Knight Batman, which I love that costume. I like it. It's a little White Knight. It's a little Noel. They got a lot of stuff going on there. I, I want a better look at the material. What, what kind of material does Batman's cape have? <laughs> we have to be light because he has to glide with it. But it has to That's be strong true, as well. Even though I exactly, you know, it's it's like what looks good versus what's practical. Because you know, if I was doing like give him a shiny leather cape, but you know they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, one that you looks, know, looks heavy and like like the wings of a bat, basically. Mm -hmm. But no, no, we can't. We can't have that. Gotta gotta have it be functional. If it's not just going to be computers. Yep. I guess, uh, I guess what are they going to show next for this Batman movie? Because we have the costume, we have the car. Yeah, well, I imagine we're going to get actual set photos of the car soon since they wouldn't have released these, much like the Batsuit, how after we got that reveal, that camera test, we saw the Batsuit. So I imagine we're going to see a better look at the car and maybe the colours and everything of it. But um, yeah, I, I, I'd have to imagine we're going to see maybe Catwoman next. or they, They've got to be close to finish filming it. We apparently have like several villains in this movie, mm -hmm. so you don't know who's going to get in costume first. Yeah, I'm surprised we didn't get like an official look at Penguin because we got look at Colin Farrell's Penguin on the set from like leaks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he looks like the Emperor Penguin. 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess that is a more modern take on although I say modern, but it's supposed to be set in the past, so... <laughs> well, I don't know if it is set in the past, because there is, again, set photos of, like, a bunch of, like, a clown gang beating up someone, and they've got, like, iPhones and smartphones. Hmm. So we think this is going to be a movie that maybe we do a lot of flashbacks, maybe it's told, like, out of order in time? Probably, yeah. Which I'm okay with that. That's a good way to have an origin story, but not really do an origin story. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Batman's like, ah, oh, this case reminds me of something that happened early on in my career. Yeah. Doodly, 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 flashback. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how they're going to do it. They're going to star wipe into the past to show that we are in the past. <laughs> Also, hey, you got to like to the, uh, what is it, kind of yellow tinge to this image, which, again, very reminiscent to the yellow tinge that Miller was doing in Batman Year One. Yeah, and I, I think that's also like a Matt Reeves, like like uh, like his signature thing, because I think he's done that in quite a few of his films. Like, I know in the Apes oh, film, there's like quite a few scenes that's like lit with like a yellow light. That's true, actually, now that you stop and mention it. And, man, you just reminded me again. I'm like, yo, that those Apes movies are fucking dope as hell. Yeah, I, I, I've, been mean, now. I've been meaning to go back and watch them. They're so good. Yeah, I, I love those a lot. And now that guy is getting to do Batman. So, like, that's a reason to get excited. And the fact, too, that they are kind of, kind of really spoiling us with, you know, set photos and everything else. Although I guess their hands have been tied in some cases and they've had to, mm -hmm. but still. Yeah. It's, it's nice to kind of get to see this stuff as it comes out. And by and large, people have been pretty positive on it. There hasn't been one thing where it's like, that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, it all looks really damn cool. Yeah. Like, even with Affleck, where it's like, oh, that suit looks really good, but why is he so top-heavy? Why does he look like a Frank Miller drawing? That's just offsetting. <laughs> He's like, I know you're, you're trying to do the Frank Miller Batman, but there's, like, doing it, and then there's, like, what you did, which is try to recreate it shot for shot which isn't isn't right because frank miller's drawings yeah. aren't very good uh some drawings are not meant to come to life and those are some of them <laughs> uh all right what else do we got going on this week uh we got the new batmobile photo oh keeping with batman topics and this is something i never thought we would talk about but i guess we have to talk about it because it's kind of like schrodinger's cat if you don't talk about three jokers is it actually going on <laughs> well that's the thing it it never was <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, J Jason Favick apparently put out some new uh, artwork for Three Jokers. And yeah, it's a pretty cool picture of the Joker with a bloody crowbar and everything for a story that we may or may not get to read at some point. Yeah, he's doing his Robin extermination. Uh, again, you know, it's we it, Three Jokers, it's always this story that is oh so close and yet so far. And it's like they have to remind you too by coming out with artwork. And we promise it's happening. Yeah, but personally, I think if a book should probably, uh, he probably gets like hounded every day by it. But he probably oh, should sure. stop saying things because every, it's like every week he keeps saying, oh, it's coming, guys. It's coming. It's coming. It's, it's never anything new. So no. he should just like stop talking about it until he can actually tell you something. And it's like, are you doing this in other projects? You know, are you doing 5G stuff? Or, like, what's going on? Like, what's the release window for this going to be on top of everything else that DC is doing at the moment? Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. 
it's a, it's a hell of a thing and it's like at this point too it's been probably one of the most longest in development comic book stories will it be able to hold up to all the scrutiny and will it even be able to hold up uh what is it with everything we've put into it and how the basically the pedestal we've all put it on now I think it will because it's Jeff Johns and he did the same thing it's with true. Doomsday Clock that got delayed. It's true. Horribly and it still ended up being a fantastic book. At the end of the day, almost in spite of itself. Like I remember reading the end of Doomsday Clock and be like, he did it. The madman actually <laughs> did it. He actually stuck the landing. Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, this will be a black label book despite the fact that they're like no 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 it might also be canon because they talked about this being important mm -hmm. jesus christ at the beginning of dc rebirth yeah yeah and then, and then they up... referenced it a couple of times since then and then nothing but then it so but you know even if it's not important it still might be a good uh black label story which is probably where it always should have been anyway yeah because black label is the joker label yes more or less you know what really makes me laugh about that? Did you? Uh, I'm sure you read it because I'm sure you follow him on Twitter too. But apropos of nothing, Sean Gordon Murphy, who had a big week this week for better and for ill, <laughs> said, uh, "Hey everyone, the Murphy verse is coming. You know, as soon as White Knight is done, uh, I'm going to be overseeing a whole new imprint of books." And I'm like, "Really, DC? You're doing another imprint? I mean, I like White Knight a lot too. It's a fun universe, but really, we're doing another one. Okay, yeah, just put it under the black label." Like, the, like, White Knight's already under the black label. Just just do it. No, Murphyverse, new thing. <laughs> it's fresh, it's new, it's interesting. I like to hey, think maybe, we uh, willed this into existence. We Back when White Knight came out, we talked about, like, oh, what, we'd like to see, like, all these other characters taken into this did. universe. And it's happening. We really did. We really did. You're right, Matt. We did kind of... We, we wish-mastered this into existence. <laughs> I wonder, though, can a Murphyverse, you know, actually sustain itself? Because, you know, so much of the appeal of White Knight is he writes it and he draws it. And it's one creator doing everything. I think it can. I absolutely think it can. But I think he'll need to, after, like, maybe another two stories, branch out into other characters. Yeah. Like, get it, just get out, move out of the Batman stuff. Yeah, could be interesting. Uh, I, the chat's asking about it, too, now that I brought it up. So, yeah, Sean Gordon Murphy kind of stepped in it this week when it was kind of let be known to the world that he's been talking to the super racist earthworm Jim guy. Yeah, yeah. And did did you did you see, like, Jim Lee got in it as well? I certainly did see that to where it's like, oh, what was that, uh, Murphy? You said you were getting your own imprint yesterday, and then today this happened? Maybe don't be shocked if we don't see those Murphy Burns books. I'm sure Jim Lee, who is now sole publisher of the company now that Dan DiDio is gone, don't be shocked if Jim Lee's like, oh, hey, look at this Murphy Burns pitch I have on my desk. Oh, no, the paper. might just cut out joel oh your mic's cutting out in and out joel's got the corona guys 
blow everyone's ears out. Oh no. Oh, how yeah. about now? Yeah, your voice is back. That's so fucked up. What is wrong with everything? <laughs> this is what happens, Matt. I leave for a week and this shit just fucking happens. Your computer has the coronavirus. Oh, <laughs> man, that would be really fucked up just to confuse people. Come out with a virus, a computer virus that is also called the coronavirus. So no one knows what they're getting anymore. <laughs> man, for the next uh, like year and a half now, whenever something goes wrong, it's all coronavirus. Although people are saying my voice is fixed now. <laughs> you know, listening to it, it does sound normal, I guess. That's weird. That's, that's so fucked up. Don't, don't worry, everyone. I, I banished Satan. I banished the demon inside <laughs> of me. And you I quickly replaced normal. yourself. <laughs> you see, there is there is always a war going on. Two Joels exist in every man, and who wins the Joel that you feed? <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that piece of news, everyone. I guess from there we can hop on over to what we read this week. I read – oh, no, actually, no, we had one more story. One more. We went on a tangent. I forgot about this. I'm glad I remembered this. Okay, so we got to go on a Star Wars tangent, everyone, because there, there's been some happenings, Matt. There's been some uh, some things happening in the galaxy far, far away, which means we have to revisit Rise of Skywalker, in particular the new novelization. Please, please, Matt, I, I, I render the floor to you. Please take <laughs> us on this journey. So this novel is basically just damage control. Mm. <laughs> it's it's absolutely just now. I don't know whether it was the writer Ray Carson who did all this, or whether this was like mandated that this be all in the book or not. But yeah, it's it's full of things that should have been in the film. Like the book opens, like the movie does with the uh, uh, Kylo Ren on Mustafa, but it expands it into the scene with him going to the castle, the Vader's castle and everything, and mm. uh, meeting this weird creature thing that's like a guardian of like the the Holocron Wayfinder thing, which right. was actually shot for the film. The, oh, the, really? The DP and all those have said it was shot. There was puppets and everything made for it. We've seen them and everything. So it was shot and it was apparently cut because JJ wanted to keep things moving. Mm. I'm like, Sounds about right. No, just this in it a, makes more sense in a movie that never slowed the fuck down now that's that's some good things in there that you actually liked and enjoyed and you wished that was in the movie but in their attempt to try and expand upon things they also made things dumber in a very star wars prequel-esque <laughs> way let's talk about some of that so yeah and it mainly just stems from like all the stuff with palpatine and yes the first bit is when we, we, we learned that his body is a clone of the original Palpatine because the original Palpatine, when he was being yeeted down, down the fucking uh, exhaust shaft of the Death Star 2, he quickly transferred his mind over into a new body, like, in an instant, because that's what he thought to do when he was screaming down this pit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an ancient Sith technique, I'm assuming, that is, you know, only only known to him. He knows the body transfer technique, <laughs> a la JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Palpatine is Dio, is what we're saying, and he can just yeah. hop into a new body whenever he wants. Yeah, yeah, and he did that, and this, this is where it gets so fucking confusing and just lazy. Um, so we learned that, like, the body couldn't, like, hold him because of the force power. It can't, like, hold... Um, clone bodies can't hold people with force powers they degrade and everything so he's mm -hmm. he's basically back to like his original body 
more or less. Which, which is why he's all gross and falling apart, mm-hmm. which I assume just because, oh, well, he's just Palpatine, yeah. but no, yeah. apparently it's clone shit. Yeah, apparently it's just the clone. Um, we learn that he cloned himself a son for some reason. Yes, he pulled a Django fat, I want a clone son to raise, which I which I personally take offense to this, Matt, because in this headcanon, in this movie theater, Palpatine fucks, and now that throws this completely <laughs> yeah. into disarray now. Maybe Palpatine doesn't fuck, and yeah. I don't know if I can live in that world. <laughs> Palpatine does not slap cheeks. No, apparently not. He doesn't, doesn't get all up in them guts, and that's just disappointing. <laughs> yeah, but and this this is where it gets really weird so he his son um was completely normal didn't have any force powers so that like disgusted palpatine but then he let his son have a daughter who in turn was ray who was is according to these films the most powerful force user in all existence which doesn't make any sense for me because how did someone without force power give birth to her and like how does that work (laughs) this again this is total prequel we try and answer a question but in answering it we actually ask about a million other questions again why didn't they do the thing that's like implied with anakin where like palpatine sort of fucked with the force and the balance of the force to will him into existence they could have just done that again because the internet already thought that that was the deal with Ray, and we can't give the internet what it yeah, wants. Yeah, we we, we got to be one step ahead of the damn internet. But the but what I found funny about the son is that like the book goes into detail about how much he hates his son because his son doesn't have force powers, yet like he let lets him live and lets him have yeah have have a, a child and a life and then escape and like this is Palpatine he would have just killed him and tried again because clearly you can just clone anytime whatever you want apparently it's very easy yeah so it's just full of all this like bullshit stuff that that all that stuff felt like it was just like put in at the last moment like like hours before the book was sent off to be published yeah like again in filling the holes you have created more holes and in, in back of my mind, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm ready to treat this book as just non-canon now. As much as there was a lot of questions to be asked in the movie cut of Rise of Skywalker, this, I think, actually does make it worse. <laughs> that that That's the problem. It's got good stuff like the stuff with the Oracle at the start of the, the novel. Then it's got all this stuff, and it's it's just so strange. Wasn't there some stuff with Chewie, too, that apparently we get, like, a yeah. whole bigger scene with him? Yeah, when he's captured by uh, Kylo Ren, Kylo tries to, like, like tap into his mind to learn where ray is and because chewie's been around for a while he knows all the stuff about jenna mind tricks so he starts like throwing his own memories back at kylo ren of like him looking after little ben and like their life together and i'm like oh, why was that not in the fucking film that would have been fa- that, fucking fantastic yeah that sounds great but i guess now it will forever be one of those what could have been moments yeah yeah uh well there you go everyone i thought we just had to talk about this we had to get that out of there it had to be therapeutic for us to once again (laughs) dive back into star wars and i think you know now we can heal as a nation now that we have talked about palpatine's clone son and all the other dumb shit that goes along with it they they didn't include that the the exclusive Fortnite scene though which really confused me (laughs) that's that's a real shame so you gotta go to Fortnite to, to to see that 
Man, the future film scholars, like 20, 30 years down the line, who are going to be talking about this movie and the fact that they're like, did you know that a very important plot point was in fucking Fortnite and never left Fortnite? I tell who thought that was a good idea? Who thought that, wh which aged executive thought that was a good idea? Imagine all the money we'll make when we put it into Fortnite. Everyone plays the Fortnite. Everyone will be talking about it. Oh my god. So silly. So silly. That's all I can say. And I didn't even hate the movie the same way other people hate the movie. But this, like, uh, these revelations are, I'm like, oh, that's dumb. Oh, that almost makes me hate it. Yeah, if anything, all of this stuff that's coming out is making me hate the movie we got more. Yeah. Because they were, they were like, there's just a couple, couple of scenes more, and it would have been a perfectly fine film. And it, it well, was, I... in general, like, it was an enjoyable, you know, action-adventure film, but as, like, a conclusion to, like, a saga mm. that spanned decades... Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> well, at least we'll always have Rebels and Clone Wars in the cartoons. Yeah, and Mandalorian and all that. And Mandalorian. So, you know, there's still a lot to enjoy in the world of Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, I guess from there we can hop on over into what we read this week. And like I said, read a lot of things, didn't read as much as I wanted to. That's kind of becoming my, my catchphrase when we do this segment of the show because there's just so many goddamn books, Matt. There's so many books. <laughs> There is there there is so many books this week and next and week as well, and I covered stuff from last week too because I'm like having to like pepper them in so I don't even know what I read this week that came out this week for sure and what yeah. came out last week. Exactly. Yeah, I'm getting confused as well. <laughs> it's a fuck of a thing. I'm I'm lost, Matt. I'm so lost. Someone throw me a life rope and help me out. <laughs> No, I'm just going to have to double down and be like, okay, fans, what books are important to you? What do you really want me to cover? And what can I actually, you know, uh, let fall by the wayside a little bit? Yeah. But uh, where, where would we like to start? Uh, well, let's start with Tom King's new book. Uh, I did not read it. Tell me about it. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Interesting. I, like, just looking at, like all the stuff that had come out about it i assumed it was just going to be a copy and paste of what he always does and that's you know throw depression at a hero that <laughs> that no one really cares about and try and make him interesting throw a bunch of like poems and stuff in mm -hmm. there and sound smart and all that stuff it's not really that at all it's actually quite coherent um oh. so it's told in two time two timelines two different stories one taking place in the present and one taking place in a little bit in the past and right. the story sees adam on earth and he's just released his new memoir and it's a bestseller and it's about this war on ran with a race called the pike empire which think they are like the rightful rulers of ran and it talks about how he was the dashing hero of ran and all that sort of stuff um, very and, rocketeer flash gordon yeah 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 and um that's intercut with scenes from that war with him saving his family and then having to abandon ran but when he's about to leave ran his zeta beam takes him back to earth so you're not sure whether he was actually at the war mm. or whether he was he's just talking about it as like a sole survivor sort of thing mm. um anyway at these book signings he meets a guy who's who gets like really angry at him because he sides with the pikes even though this guy wouldn't know anything he's like a crazy conspiracy theorist mm. talking about how adam took part in like war crimes and like torturing and all that sort of stuff 
Interesting. Uh, that guy winds up dead, and the weapon used is something similar to Adam's. His, his uh, little blaster. The ray um, gun. So while he's dealing with, like, uh, a book that's about to be published and all the interviews and stuff, he goes to Batman to ask him to investigate him to make sure he didn't actually do it and to prove his innocence. But Batman won't because Adam has saved him a couple of times, so it wouldn't look like it's a fair judgment. Hmm. You... Wow, Batman not being an asshole in a Tom yeah, King story. Yeah, I know, right? I know. It, it really confused me and made me really uh, upset because I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is, what's going on? <laughs> um, so I mean, you... if this was Tom King's Batman, he would drop his pants, slap his ass, you know, <laughs> quote let some, Alfred die again. Quote Othello or something. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Never tell you about Othello. I'm Batman. <laughs> Um, but Batman does say he'll get in contact with someone who can help, and that someone is Mr. Terrific. Mm. And uh, the book ends with them meeting with Adam, and he's got some questions for Adam because he's read the book, and he's and I'm guessing the whole 12 issues is going to be him sort of questioning Adam about like the events of the, the, the war and everything and trying to like find out if he actually was telling the truth or not. So already, you know, we're seeing a couple... Uh tom king staples there you know military man with dark past that mm -hmm. he's trying to live through a uh, unreliable narrator he loves him some unreliable mm -hmm. narrator doesn't he yeah his wife is in there and she's a big part of this of book course. of course the wife and you know is a big character so yeah all right this definitely sounds like it leans more to the positive side of tom king it does it does and i again i think it helps that it's a character that isn't really mainstream like a batman you know yeah so he, he's got a little bit of wiggle room on how he can portray them that's also really nice if i'm an adam strange fan i don't care if tom king gets some things wrong i'm just happy mm. to be able to read about adam strange again yeah i like the difference in the art as well he's got mitch gerard on the uh the modern stuff which is like mm. which is kind of grungy kind of like adam's got like a little bit of like a stubble going and he's got doc shanna on the the past stuff on the war so it looks all like heroic mm. and like golden age nice again too there's another one for your tom king bingo he's working with mitch gerard so there's <laughs> another one B bingo bingo i got a bingo <laughs> well that sounds fun again i feel like mr miracle if i do check this one out i'll check it out when it's over because i'm i'm so burnt out on tom king stories after <laughs> batman and heroes in crisis i'm sure this is cool but i'll wait and see jahir's got another book coming out apparently I, I heard he did. I really did. I'm like, all right, what's this one now? <laughs> so apparently they're going to be short. I think they learned their lesson and they're not going to be putting him on any more ongoing series for a while. Yeah, he's got the new DC event. It's Crisis on Heroes. <laughs> <laughs> Crisis on Heroes who live on Earth and who are sad. <laughs> we got, Crisis of We got Sanctuary 2.0. It's all safe, guys. <laughs> Crisis on Infinite Sadness. <laughs> that's what it's called it's like it's just a bunch of you know nine panel layouts of characters crying for 12 issues yeah isn't it so deep and, and genius <laughs> damn it tom you did it again <laughs> all the eisners for you this year <laughs> you've been a good boy and you get all the eisners because that's how it works apparently <laughs> 
Well, that's all right, man. I'm glad to know you enjoyed that one. I, I, I've been hearing mixed things about it, actually. Our, our good friend Kirk, who uh, played in my D&D game, said something to the effect of, like, uh, it feels like uh, Tom King is just, you know, not even putting in scripts anymore. It feels like he's putting in sticky notes <laughs> and saying, like, all right, artist, you figure it out. It, yeah, it's definitely a book that, that relies on the art. Though I, I think that's a lot of Tom King's recent work. It is. It really, really is. And, you know, it's, you notice the artists never have anything bad to say about him. And I'm like, well, yeah, of course not, because you basically tell the whole story on your own. <laughs> you, you basically get creative freedom. <laughs> he basically says, go nuts and do whatever you want. I'm sure if I was an artist, that would be the best deal ever. Just, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> uh, I guess from there we can talk about uh, Batman 90. Yep. That came out this week from James. Mm -hmm. Kind of hard to believe they're already at 90 issues. I know, right? This, uh, this book is coming out much quicker than it used to. Uh, this continues to tell the story of the designer, and in fact, we flash back and learn about the night that the designer went to four of Batman's most major villains and made them an offer they couldn't refuse. Yeah, we, we get a look from, from Catwoman's perspective and all this, and what was interesting is, as well as being like like a kind of or a partial origin for the the designer it was also kind of like as as i named my video the birth of the joker yes in a lot of ways they seek to imply that this this was the turnover from joker as you know the funny prankster who does joker fishes and you know kidnaps diamond magnets and everything to being like oh okay this is how he ended up being evil incarnate yeah which is kind of interesting. Uh, they they kind of seek to imply that the designer might have been like Moriarty or something. Gonna, that was what I was going to say. I was going to say it's like, wouldn't it be awesome if like it's revealed that he is James Moriarty? I was like, oh, that'd be so fucking cool. That's totally what they seek to imply because yeah. he's like, yeah, he's like, I was a lot like you villains, yeah. you know. Uh, I was a gentleman thief, but everywhere I went, ooh, a detective stopped me at every turn. And, you know, that pissed me off so much that I needed to go to the next level of super villainy and create a plan so complex and so layered he could never stop it. And that's when the designer was born. And, you know, I want to do the same thing for you, everyone. I want to evolve your gimmicks and your crimes to the next level, which is a clever concept. Yeah, and all it'll cost you is half of whatever you reap. Yeah, exactly, which is a lot easier for some than others because, you know, it seemed like Catwoman was the only one who was actually interested in any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whereas the other ones just wanted to, like, kill people. Yeah, I want to fuck with the cops. I want to be mayor. I don't see a lot of money in those two things. <laughs> and Joker, what what do you want 12 years down the line? Oh, 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 I better just kill you all just to be I, safe. I really like that. I like that, like, just spending a couple of hours with the Joker made designer just go, nope fuck this, I'm just going to kill all these villains. <laughs> burn it down, burn it all down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that was pretty fun. That was pretty clever. And naturally, the fortune that Catwoman wanted to steal was the Wayne family fortune, because who else's fortune are you going to steal in Gotham? And that's the only problem I had with the book, because it seems like every renewed writer who comes on Batman tries to do a story that takes his money away yeah i know i know it's been done to death it really has been yeah and we get the story where he gets uh, the money and you're like oh how's batman gonna survive without his gadgets and it's like well he's batman he's a fucking ninja he's been trained in martial arts and detective work he doesn't need the gadgets they're just you know a crutch he leans on you can also like you know crash on superman's couch you can also be like hey ollie can i borrow a couple bucks <laughs> That's what I want. I want poor Batman going around and bumming money and smokes off other superheroes. 
Hey, Wonder Woman, can I crash on your couch for a little bit? Hey, Green Arrow, can I have some money? You're rich. <laughs> Come on, float your man Batman alone. Come on. Gotta keep these lights on in the Batcave. <laughs> hey, Flash, can I borrow your crime lab to, you know, solve some of my mysteries and everything? <laughs> can I have some luminol? Come on, give me some luminol. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's... It's a fun story. I, I kind of dig the idea that the designer, uh, his anger is actually not with Batman at all, but with the villains. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, Batman's just like a like a side problem. He is caught in the crossfire, and I find that very interesting, that for once Batman actually did nothing to earn the wrath of this new villain. Yeah, I, I, I assume he will eventually. Do, uh, do we think that, uh, what is it, designer survived getting shot, or do you think this is a new person who's taken up the designer identity? I think it, it, it'd probably be a new person. Mm. They also never explained how the designer can, like, create and control zombies and shit. Yeah, or has, like, a weird, like, house of mystery house. Yeah, he's got the house of mystery house of secrets that just teleports. It's like, are you, are you magic? What are you? <laughs> And then none of the villains think to ask that because they're like, no, well, that's trade secrets. He can't tell us. <laughs> that would just be in bad form if we asked him about his magic house and yeah, very unprofessional. Zombie, uh, <laughs> yeah, about his zombie henchmen. They teach you that in Super Villainy 101. You don't ask those <laughs> questions. Here's, he, here's a big brain. Here's a big brain theory. And if this turns out to be true, I will go nuts. What if the designer was actually young Bruce Wayne and this was like his weird shell game to get one up on his own villains to create the designer as an entity to try and get inside his villain's head to basically, you know, uh, profile them without them knowing. I had but that Joe... thought. I had had that thought. I was thinking, well, maybe this is like a Matches Malone sort of thing for Batman, like uh. a, like what he did in like his first years. Yes, where it's like, I need to create a super villain entity you know, borrowed from Moriarty, much like how, uh, what is it, the Batman identity is borrowed from, like, Zorro and shit. Mm -hmm. And I will move within their ranks, and, you know, that night changed everything because he discovered, you know, how truly evil the Joker was and what was going to happen. And, you know, it's all been smoke and mirrors until, assumedly, someone else took up the designer mantle. That that would be really cool. I, I would really like that. Yeah, and yeah, someone, like, knew of the designer and just repurposed it after not seeing them for like years and that's who this designer is in the in the current story is that'd be pretty which cool then which then i'm trying to think where it's like well who else has been in the story so far only lucius lucius is the designer <laughs> it was me bruce it was me all along this is how much i don't want to be your new alfred <laughs> this is how much i didn't want it <laughs> Because if it was Batman, that would kind of be like an interesting like inverse of Hush, where it's like it was actually Bruce all along. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, or it's like some sort of weird, like, if Alfred was to die, the designer robot comes online to finish <laughs> off uh, this shit. I don't know. <laughs> it's Alfred. This is how they bring back it, Alfred. Oh, shit, I was the designer. <laughs> 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 it's Duke. Yeah, exactly. We haven't seen Duke yeah. in a bit. Sure, why not? It's Duke. Go do something interesting with him. No, you know who it is? It's Alfred's daughter, Penny, who everyone seemed to forgot. <laughs> or no, uh, what, what, it wasn't Penny. What was his daughter's name? Julia. Julia. Julia Pennyworth, yeah. It's his daughter, Julia, all pissed off that Bruce never invited her to her dad's funeral <laughs> or anything. 
it was me it was julia all along <laughs> man that is a good story there they should do something with julia she should come back and should be pissed at batman and everyone else yeah. for forgetting her yeah yeah well there's like a lot of people like that who should be pissed that like they they forgot like alfred's friends and stuff when he when he died yeah yeah it's not like he has nobody yeah it's calvin rose it's the talon james tynan is finally bringing back the first book he ever wrote for dc <laughs> come on james bring talon back in something come on can't hurt you make calvin rose do something <laughs> uh all right what else did you have this week matt i had flash issue 750 yeah this is a big issue everyone was going on about this one yeah so unlike the wonder woman one that had one really required reading story in that like first wonder woman appearance with the new generations this book is yeah, pretty yeah. much all required reading well that's good to hear uh, because the flash is the most important dc book and i've been saying that for as long as it's been around <laughs> as much as the people on top don't believe you but yeah <laughs> um i'm just going to talk about the stories out of order we had a really cool captain cold issue uh by jeff johns uh, who nice. wrote what happens when you get in front of captain cold and his beer uh, nice. which it, it was a really great story because that's what it's literally framed at. he's watching a hockey game he runs out of beer so he goes down to the local store to buy some more store gets robbed he tries mm. to stop the robbery by telling the kid you know this is his store fuck off to some other store and rob it <laughs> um but the because he was in costume when he did it because it was cold out um, of course the the clerk thinks captain cold is robbing the store so all the police ah. come so he's just like oh fuck it and just has to fight his way out to get home to drink his beer and watch his hockey game um what's really funny is this story took place at a time when wally was the flash so it's in keystone oh. city and um wally reads about it in the news and wally was out of town fighting gorilla grod and and um it was the day before the flash museum celebration or something and he's like mm. cold did this on purpose he's trying to say he's better than me there's no other reason why he would do this <laughs> it's, it's, it's really funny. great it's really great and so unique to the flash captain cold relationship yeah yeah i i found that really cool that was a really good story um the there was a really important jay garrick story uh which is like really his first story not really his first story but like set in that same time wonder woman because he mentions wonder woman coming out um he ends up fighting the thinker who is trying to like spread fear of the impending war in europe because it's set in the 40s <laughs> um so, so he ends up fighting that and it, what's really cool is he's fighting the he's fighting it and um an unknown voice it's obviously reverse flash because you can see part mm. of the costume um, has come back in time and he's like a voice in in jay's head telling him that like everyone's going to forget about him in the future and he doesn't Ooh. matter Ooh. and it's because of that that he decides to not give up the helmet and continue oh. to be the flash which already changes the timeline that's wow these are really clever and also paying homage to flash throughout history <laughs> yeah um the the big flash story which was joshua williamson's continuation from the last issue was flash uh fighting godspeed and then in turn fighting paradox who reveals himself and says you can stop being the flash and fucking with the timeline or we'll just destroy your whole legacy and to do that he's gonna pit godspeed against the flash because flash um obviously hasn't had a good relationship with august and everything kind of like abandoned yeah. him and everything 
And um, yeah, so that's the story that's going to come up in 751, which starts this week, I think, straight after it. That sounds amazing. Again, Matt, you do such a good job selling Flash <laughs> to me every week. I, I got to get into this. That yeah, well, this is the perfect jumping on issue because it like rounds up all those stories, tells you everything that's happened so far, and then pit, puts you on on a uh, on a uh, a good straight straight road for what's happening with Flash in twenty twenty. Uh, one of the last stories was the Wally West story, which is an epilogue to Flash Forward. Um, oh, really? and he's sitting on the mobius chair and as we learned that thanks to him being a speedster he actually has all his former memories because he was told mm. by tempest that when he sits on the chair his mind will be wiped to receive mm-hmm. all the information of the chair but because his mind can stay ahead of the chair Process, yeah. he can still keep all his former memories and oh, wow. um, because of that he realizes that time has been fucked with by dr manhattan um, he and he goes through time and he sees that that Earth Zero's timeline has been shattered, where things have been happening twice. So like we get the original Teen Titans coming together, then the new Fifty Two Teen that. Titans, um, stuff like Zero Hour and Crisis on Infinite Earths and all that stuff happened, as well as crises he's never even seen. So stuff with the so- Wildcats and stuff. <laughs> we keep joking about the Wildcats <laughs> and now they're back. Yeah. Yet um, another thing I feel you and I joked into existence, Matt. <laughs> Somewhere Jim Lee's ears are burned. They're talking about the Wildcats yeah, again. We have that Wildcat book that was cancelled two weeks before it was published or something. <laughs> ooh, ooh, yeah, that was a sad piece of news. We joke about the Wildcats, but in truth, they've always been a joke. So, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he goes to Tempest and is like, hey, it's, it's your job to like protect the multiverses. Like, did you know it was fucked up and tempest like i don't know i'm kind of (laughs) stupid so um it's wally west's job to write the timeline and stop it from being fractured because if it's continues to be fractured it will collapse so this is no doubt setting the stage Mm -hmm. for generation zero and uh 5g and all that other stuff yep more let's try and fix our timeline because we decided to break it again (laughs) yeah break what was already not broken yeah, who who are these evil villains breaking our timeline? Doctor D- D- Manhattan and uh, per- Perpetua. G- yep, yeah, no, Mr. No. Editor and <laughs> yeah, Mr. Man. It's a shame that Grant Morrison already told that story where the monitors were just evil editors. Because <laughs> I feel like that could happen again. Where it's like, why? Why do you keep doing this? It wouldn't happen though, because they just job to the Batman who laughs, which they did in Hell Arisen issue three. Oh, see, I, it's like I'm gonna read these, but I'm not reading them quickly. Tell, tell yeah. me about this. Oh, I, I haven't read all of the issue, but yeah, the Batman who laughs, as well as having the Phantom Stranger kidnapped, he's um got um, oh, what's that? He's got the, oh, the, the monitor. He's got the yeah. monitor, like in like a test tube, and he's keeping him like captured. That that I did see. I think that came out a couple of weeks ago too. Yeah, yeah. I remember going through that. And I'm just like, I, I just don't have the patience for this story. I really don't. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm okay with, like, I was okay with all the Batman who laughs stuff. But, like, that, that is the one thing is, like, okay, just stop with the whole, like, Bat God stuff. God, Matt, he's the greatest. He's the best of us. <laughs> he can't stop and he won't stop. <laughs> uh, what else did I have this week? Let's talk about a Marvel book. Uh, I had Marauders number nine. Tell me about Marauders. It was all right. 
they've done better issues. This is kind of like a housekeeping issue is what this is. Because if you've been keeping up with it, uh, Yellow Jacket, the Ant-Man foe, uh, had been employed by the Hellfire Junior Club to stow away inside Pyro's body and, you know, report everything that was going on to Krakoa back to uh, the Hellfire Junior Club so they could mm-hmm. sell it to the highest bidder. Yep. Uh, Emma figures this out, and she's like, ah, oh, crap, I gotta do something about this. So she whammy-zammies Pyro's mind to make him think that he's having the greatest day of his life, to where he's, like, greeted as a, greeted as a celebrity when he goes to an <laughs> island, and Jean Grey is super into him, and they ride a muscle car and listen to Freebird. <laughs> uh, the dream. <laughs> he's, he's living the dream, but this is all, like, part of a bigger ploy to be like, look, we gotta get you know, yellow jacket out of there. But if we get him out of there, what do we do? It's not like we can kill him. I mean, come on, we're not X-Force. <laughs> <laughs> we're not X-Force. And then it's like, you know, at first you think the plan goes horribly wrong because yellow jacket expands inside Pyro and turns him into a red mist. And, you know, uh, Emma Frost gets blood all over her and it's really <laughs> horrifying and everything. But no, that was actually a vision that yellow jacket was seeing. They had a vision within a vision. <laughs> Really, they just did what they should have done in that situation. Is they're like, Magneto, we're in trouble. Can you help us? And Magneto's like, all right, well, let's figure this shit out. <laughs> Cuckoos go into his mind and delete anything he might know, then send him back. And then, Emma, you got to put the fear of God into these children because they are just not afraid of the Hellfire Juniors at all. Because it's like, you're fucking kids. You haven't even hit puberty yet. We're adults <laughs> with superpowers. So Emma goes into their brain and they're like, okay, kids, if you fuck with us again... We won't kill you, but we'll make you wish you're dead. And also, you have to apologize to Pyro, who is more mad than anything. And Pyro's like, okay, kids, uh, be sure to be terrified every time you walk past an open flame, because you never know where I am and how I can control it. And also, you can be horribly burned and still not die. (laughs) In fact, hey, you know, uh, if I ever catch you kids slipping again, I will burn you in places you don't want to be burned. You will have very uninteresting puberties if I get my way. (laughs) And I'm like, wow, wow, Pyro just threatened to burn all these children. They're shitty kids, but still. And that was basically the whole issue. Uh, That sounds great. It's fun, you know. It's not the biggest issue. Kitty's still very much dead. They're still running with this story because uh, Emma's like, "Hey, five, any uh, any progress in resurrecting her?" And they're like, "No, actually, we've tried like five times and we can't do it." Oh wow. Yeah, we don't know what the hell's going on. If it's a problem on our end, if it's a problem with her DNA you brought back, if Krakoa just doesn't want it. Yeah, could, could, did did they ever, did they get to in that book why she couldn't go through the gateways? No, they still haven't. She okay. died before they could figure that out. Now that she's dead, they really don't know. Huh. So yeah, they're they're at kind of a loss. I mean, surely they will need to solve that problem if they ever hope to bring her back. And I guess that's yeah. what the next arc will be about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Marauders cool. is fun. Cool, cool. Uh, what else did you have, Matt? I had Superman Villains issue one. Oh, yes, this big Bendis Superman book with all the villains reacting to Superman outing his own secret identity. How how did this go? It was pretty fucking awesome. Really? I was not expecting you to say that. Also, thank both, you, Andrew1040, for following. Both this and the Heroes issue was really damn good. Interesting. I am not, I'm not used to hearing Bendis Superman and good in the same sentence anymore. Yeah, so both of these, both these issues are um, done by the Superman family writers, so Bendis, Fraction, and Rucker. 
Oh, so it wasn't just Bendis's yeah, fingerprint on but he, on the, he had a majority of the stories, a majority of the stories which were really damn good. Um, interesting. Uh, uh, calling it a villain's book, though, I probably wouldn't because it mainly continues the story of Clark and Lois finding out what Lex, Lex's gift to Lois was, which was the reveal that Lenore, the, Leon, the woman that bought the Daily Planet, is the runner of the Invisible Mafia. And it's, right. mainly, it's actually pretty cool because it's mainly them trying to sort out like the legalities of how they can publish the story. And like, because mm. they publish the story, it's going to be bad for the Daily Planet because she owns yeah, it. Actually. And it could mean the Daily Planet would shut down. So Perry is like kind of apprehensive about doing it because of all the people's jobs and everything. And then they have, then there's the, the whole thing where it's like Superman just outed himself as Clark Kent. So is this like a real story? like have they got sources on it what's the deal with that um they they do end up publishing it at the end of it because they they figure it's best to not control the news and let people decide fair um, enough as well as that we get a story about toy man which is actually really cool and i'm kind of upset that it ties into event leviathan um, <laughs> because it's really damn cool so S superman has outed himself and not long after that he fought toy man and um toy man hates him because he's an alien but then once he finds out that he's superman he realizes oh he actually does want me to be better because that's superman's whole mm. thing with toy man he's always trying to get toy man to be better because he's a smart inventor and everything yeah, yeah and um toy man's now realized oh this isn't a game to him this is his life i've just been like I've, i didn't know so now i'm going to give up a life of crime and I'm going to go do my time in prison. And huh. while he's in prison, he gets visited by King, who was the guy in that fucking uh, Leviathan Dawn book who set up Checkmate. Oh, oh and, yeah, and, yes. And he's like, hey, come work for me, and we'll fuck around with Leviathan. And Toy Man's like, okay. <laughs> Goddamn. I'm like, oh, you've ruined a good story. <laughs> so close, so close. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we get to see the Kents. The Kents are alive again because of Doomsday Clock. That's, wow, I can't believe this is the first story that deals yeah. with that. But yeah, holy shit. And it's shit. actually quite cool because they've been hiding out on the on the Kent farm, which, uh, thanks to Batman, has been made invisible by the tech he uses to make the Batcave invisible. Um, right, Because, right. you know, they've Superman's just revealed himself as Clark Kent. People try and kidnap Clark Kent's parents. Um. So yeah, it's just a nice story of them sort of reuniting with their son after he revealed his identity and they, they couldn't be more prouder than him. What what a weird place in time yeah. to do a Kent story now. Yeah, and a villain's book as well. <laughs> you know, the biggest Superman villains, Ma and Pa Kent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Fraction does a really cool Lex Luthor story, which is uh, Lex learns about Superman's identity, but he goes back to his office and his... Uh, voicemail is filled with messages from the Joker just laughing at him <laughs> that he didn't even know. <laughs> so it angers yeah, him and he good. smashes his, his desk up. <laughs> that's a very Matt Fraction thing to do. I um, like that. There's a cool Mongol story that sort of settles which Mongol is which Mongol. And the answer is... I can is, see you put that in your thing now. And yes, that's a question you and I have been asking yes. since forever. The answer is Mongol. <laughs> mongol is mong of course yes um because as we learn mongol is just like a name and it's oh. it, it's just a name that everyone of who has the throne of war world has 
Oh. Um, oh. So so the Mongol that takes over is like the 1750th or something. Oh, um, wow. And he oh. killed his father before his father killed his father and all oh, that sort of stuff. So it's a never-ending cycle yeah. of Mongol juniors killing Mongol seniors. But, but it's really cool how it happens because the Mongol that we've, we see here, uh, he, 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 he finds a feed of Superman revealing himself as Clark Kent and he doesn't understand it. So he gets one of his peons to like translate it. And he just can't grasp the fact that someone with the power of Superman would deliberately make themselves an insect, like a human. Huh. And he just can't, he, he, he's just obsessed with this idea. It's like, why would he do this? He could rule the world. Why would he do this? So his mm. son, Mongol, decides, well, this guy's like kind of going a little insane. I'll just fucking kill him and take the throne. <laughs> and I think that's, that's the actually- Mongol we see in Superman now right that's actually kind of fun i like the idea that that just does mongols head in yeah yeah i thought that was I like pretty that cool he's, he's smart but not so smart like that would put him <laughs> in an existential crisis yeah there's also a cool page one page bizarro one where bizarro on bizarro world gets to see superman reveal his identity and he's confused oh. because he thought he was clark kent and he's like if he's clark kent <laughs> who am i <laughs> I'm glad they're having fun with these. I'm glad they're not afraid to do some comedy ones. Yeah. That's why I love Bizarro. They need to do more with Bizarro. Yeah, well, he's still that weird New 52 Bizarro. That's right. But, we, like but a... we also have the proper Bizarro, which Tomasi reintroduced. Yes, from Bizarro World. Yeah, it's, it's really strange. <laughs> they need to have a thing where those two fight, and they need to decide who the one They need to, the they need to do a, an opposite of Superman Reborn with him yes they do superman unborn yeah where they bizarro unborn where they fuse together i actually i actually like that a lot matt let's yeah. you and me start writing that tonight how we make <laughs> that work we'll need to think of some sort of portal tech bullshit you know bizarro is a little difficult to you know hold down a whole story so he needs a ride-along character who's our ride-along character in this jimmy olsen <laughs> sure why not they've worked together before was that comedy book they did was that canon which one? The Jimmy Olsen book? Yeah, yeah. The one that's happening at the, with the Matt Fraction? No, no, I'm talking like the miniseries they did where Bizarro and uh, oh, him yeah. went to like Canada and they fought um, like King Tut. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know the one you're talking about. Yes. I mean, that was, DC, that was DCU, so I'm going to yeah. guess that's probably not canon. You oh, know, not anymore, should, no. Be, no. For Superman Unborn, it should be Bibbo, I think, because, you know, Jimmy Olsen gets enough play. It should be Bibbo and the new 52 Bizarro find themselves in Bizarro World, and Bibbo is such a big Superman fan, and something, something, something. You know, you start with the ending first, man, and then we work our way backwards. You know, <laughs> the two Bizarros fuse, so we have one Bizarro. Yeah. Man, I swear to God, if like in four months from now they actually do come out with a book called Superman Unborn and it's about Bizarre, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. I, I will actively go after them for money. <laughs> yes, I will really, cite this you, video. You you owe us. We came up with this. You, uh, hey, man, talk to a copyright lawyer. Shit you say in a podcast is not legally binding. <laughs> Damn it. He, he knows that. He knows what we say here isn't legally binding. <laughs> god damn man now i really want to read that story that's a good ass pitch we just had <laughs> uh hey speaking of superman and superman families of characters and everything uh justice league was also this week it was i like this issue better than the last issue 
Yeah, it's fine. It's all fine. I'm definitely in the group of people like this is good old fashioned Justice League stories. But at the same time, none of it is particularly exciting me. And here's another problem I had with it. It's reminding me a lot of Superman the Master Race, only with uh, <laughs> Eradicator swapped in for Zod and everything. Yeah, that weird Brian Hitch story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, too, the one they did with, uh, yeah, you're right, with Rao when yeah, Rao came. JLA. <laughs> Man, they've done this a lot, haven't they? They just swap out the Superman <laughs> villains every so often. It's a good, like, I wouldn't call it a filler art, but it's a good, like, like, standard vanilla arc yes it's to get you back in you don't got to worry about any of that world redefining multiversal no. snyder stuff but still to go from one to the other is a, is a hard jump for a lot of people it to is. make not alone it is it is yeah but no i i enjoyed that like we actually got a story that saw the justice league working together under a tactician john stewart which makes sense mm -hmm. for his character since he's a former marine yeah um come up with a plan to get the Daxamites away from the city and away from and Earth. I thought that was really great. And the fact that everyone felt useful yep. and it wasn't just Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman saving the day. Yep, Flash was probably the most important aspect of that. He was. I, I, I don't know how I feel. Well, I liked it, but I don't know how I feel this idea that Flash now basically has like the flashpoint gun that he can point at other people into his head like i'll do it i'll do it i'll delete you from well, history i'll do flashpoint again i like to think that that yeah i like to think that that's more him just like like uh like bluffing like it's an empty threat he wouldn't actually yeah, do it yeah yeah and i because i don't because he can't time travel anymore thanks to flash war no but that eradicator is so scared at the prospect of yeah. that idea yeah well, like he knows what flash can do he so, said yeah <laughs> i thought that was pretty it, cool I do like Madame Xanadu this issue, also lampshading the stupidity of the previous issue, and that is like, why did you have me come and use my magic powers on the Daxamites when their leader, who is as strong as Superman, was a robot? Shouldn't you have known that wasn't going to work? Why did you guys have no backup plan? Instead of talking about King Arthur, Batman, why didn't you tell me that? We had to hurry. Oh. <laughs> Batman gets dunked on a lot in this issue. Like, he tries to start a dick-measuring contest with John, and they're like, not now. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, not fucking now, Batman. We have no time for your shit. There's an alien invasion going on. <laughs> but yeah, Justice League Under Vendetti, it's fine. I'm afraid to drop it because I feel like the next arc might be like him getting into like what he actually wants to do. It feels like, yeah, this is, this is like a palate cleanser arc. And then we're gonna get, move on because by then we'll have, we'll have we'll be f so far away from like the Scott Snyder stuff that we we can do new stuff. But then it's also too where it's like you know do I want to even get invested in new Justice League because I feel like five G is just gonna come along and change it all anyway. So what's even the point? It might. It, I I don't know. I I'd be interested but to see what it actually changes. And it's like, that's not even Justice League's fault, and it's especially not Vendetti's no. fault. That's the fault of everything at DC right now, where it's like, why should I even get invested in this? Because you're just going to change it in a couple months. Yeah, it feels like like a lot of stuff is in like a holding pattern. We are running in place with many of these books right now. There is no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, shit, I'm getting wistful for some new 52 omnibuses they got coming out. Did you hear uh, Gail Simone's Batgirl and uh, Kyle Higgins' Nightwing are actually all getting big fancy omnibuses? Oh, nice. Yeah. 
which like half of that Higgins run isn't very good, but the second half when they clearly let him have a little bit more control and Nightwing moved to Chicago, that stuff was okay. People will buy it anyway because they're missing Dick Grayson. Exactly. It's like, look, you know, I know I pissed and moaned about the red suit. It's fine. It's all fine. <laughs> it's all totally okay. Same with the Gail Simone Batgirl. Oh, God, remember when this book was consistent and they weren't changing uh, creative teams every couple arcs? Every five and when minutes, they had a, yeah. Every five minutes so you couldn't get invested, and at least they had a triple-A creator on this with a vision that she was allowed to execute. Mm -hmm. Whether you liked it or not, at least you could tell that this was a person's singular vision. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Uh, I had, like, two more books. What about you? Cool, I... Yeah, I think I probably had about two more books as well. Cool. Did you uh, would you like to do the next? Yeah. I was gonna say you can do the next one if you want. All right, I had um Mark Russell's new book, Billionaire Island. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Our favorite comedic satirist. How was this? This was good. This is the book that he's he said he was going to put a lot of the ideas that he didn't get to do in Prez in this. Oh fuck me! I gotta pick that up then. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're introduced to this world in 2040, 2044 and, uh, climate, climate change has ravaged the world. So like, uh, billionaires, uh, don't like beachfront property now cause it's filled with <laughs> filthy, filthy immigrants and climate change refugees and whatnot. But luckily, Sounds about right. uh, billionaire Rick Canto has invented freedom unlimited, which is a private moving Island in the Gulf of Mexico that, only billionaires are allowed to go on and uh he's got all these fancy uh measures in place to make sure you're billionaire you've got like account checks when you come in and checks your bank account and if you're a billionaire <laughs> you're allowed in if you're not you're given the boot um, so what would a society of billionaires look like basically yeah basically um all while this is happening we get a story of this guy who's very much like the punisher who's kidnapped a billionaire because this billionaire had been putting out food that had a sterility virus in it and was trying to sterilize mm. like all the poor people oh shit <laughs> uh, but what he didn't realize is that in some people there's an antigen that turns that kind of harmful virus into something that's 10 times worse than ebola and oh, um fuck. this guy was was an aid worker this punisher guy was an aid worker and his family was killed by this virus when they ate the food oh, so he's coming for like revenge against this guy um but he's his big target is this rick canto guy the owner of freedom unlimited so he's got to get to the island um while that's happening we also get to see some journalists go on a sort of fact-finding mission because she's learned mm. about this virus as well um she gets an interview with rick and he's kind of surprised that journalists actually still exist <laughs> in 2045 yeah um she she gets invited to the island where she's uh put in in prison which is like a giant hamster cage with all these other people who who have crossed rick canto one's like a uh, an accountant who was an honest accountant yeah. who, who balanced the books when he wasn't supposed to um there's like hipsters and there's like this woman <laughs> who thinks that she's meant to be there because she thinks this is all some like extreme executive training program and like very press. like think she's gonna be be like top executive next year and everything and 
yeah it's it's just it's just so funny it's just a complete satire on like trickle down economics and like mm-hmm. the, the wage gap and like the difference between rich people and poor people and how rich people are so detached from from Reality. society and everything that they think that they know what's best even though it's horrible and everything is is great this, this sounds very very much like my jam i'm going to go buy this as soon as we're done here <laughs> it's really damn good man just just that premise alone is so genius because it's like yeah what would a society of just millionaires be like i'm reminded of that quote from bioshock even in paradise someone's got to scrub the toilets in the land of the millionaires and the billionaires who who will we look down on in this society (laughs) because we got to look down on somebody matt that's just human nature right there yeah yeah uh, what else did I have? Ooh, I had a Justice League Dark number 20. This is the first issue of the new arc with Rom V, the new uh, co-writer, because James Tynan is writing a million other things right now. I started reading the book on this issue as well. Interesting. That's cool. I've been keeping up. It's definitely a good starting issue because, mm-hmm. again, everything that happened before with Justice League uh, in Justice League Dark doesn't really matter. Because it's all about the Animal Man. Animal Man is back, and they don't make a big deal about it. Yeah, he's just, like, there in L.A. getting coffee. I guess the sad truth is only comic-reading fans give a shit about Animal Man. The actual heroes of the DC (laughs) Universe could care less. Where they're like, oh, hey, thanks, buddy. Thanks for calling us. We'll, we'll deal with this Last of Us plague that's eating up L.A. Yeah, that, well, that's what it is. It's the Last of Us plague. It's the Cordyceps plague. <laughs> they even call it there. It's like, yeah, a Cordyceps infection turning people into zombies. Oh, I only read about that in Ants. Oh, well, then you read the same article that inspired Naughty Dog to make that game then. <laughs> And, you know, the reason this is happening is because all the different parliaments of life that, you know, govern the natural uh, order of the universe are going to war with one another because the rules of magic have been rewritten and everyone is now jockeying for control. They're throwing down in the parking lot that is Earth. Literally in the McDonald's parking lot that is Earth. They're having a big old slap fight. in there and uh the only way to save it is they have to get all the different champions of all the different parliaments together which is going to be super difficult because you know some are missing some are villains so you know it's going to be a hell of a thing to try and get them all together and they they had swamp thing he's dead and now they got to try and convince the floronic man to help them yeah and that's not going to be easy because it's the floronic man (laughs) who is a huge asshole at the best of times and B, they just beat him in Injustice League Dark, so he's super not willing to help them out. No. And then they need to also find Abigail Arcane, who is in the dream, she is. dreaming of decay. Yeah, she's part of the Grey, which I think, again, it's been so long since I've read Swamp Thing Animal Man. I think she was both the avatar of the Grey and the Rot for a minute, because mm-hmm. obviously the Rot has a long history of her family. But she's in the gray realm now with all the, you know, mushrooms and fungus and everything. So implying that, you know, she might have something to do with the whole mushroom plague. Then you got the divided, which I totally forgot that they were a thing. Yeah, yeah. So we got to deal with them. And also they seek to imply that the rot has a new avatar now. Yeah, don't know who yet. If I had to guess, I'm going to say it's either Swamp Thing or Alec Holland because they died, and wouldn't that be a hell of a way to bring them back? <laughs> I'd, I'd love if it was Alec Holland. But not Swamp Thing. It's like, like yeah, zom- it's me. zombified Alec Holland. 
zombie Alec Holland, because then again, you can finally deal with that idea where it's like, well, was Swamp Thing ever Alec Holland, or did he just think he was? Is he his own deal? Because if so, wouldn't Holland be super pissed off at the rest of them? Yeah. You know, Swamp Thing literally stole my life. And then, of course, you can write a reason for them to come back and be like, oh, we've reestablished the Parliament of Trees. Uh, Holland and Swamp Thing must become one once again. So now you can have Swamp Thing, but also have Holland as well. Mm-hmm. Chad bring up, too, we didn't see uh, Buddy's family this issue. No, we didn't. I wonder if they remember he has a family. Probably not. And that that's like super important to his character. I can understand not having him in issue, having them in issue one of arc one, but still, I hope Animal Man sticks around. If they don't get Swamp Thing back, I hope Animal Man actually sticks around as part of the team. I think he will. He's he's pretty pretty important, especially with them dealing with magic in like the Parliament so often. So he would be a definite definite uh, like asset to the team. Definitely, he most definitely would be. But yeah, this this was a good story. This this one did excite me, especially after you know the last arc kind of drug on forever. Yeah. Also, we got like John Constantine just being an asshole again and going behind the team's back and making deals and all that sort very, of stuff. Very, very Hellblazer. Gotta love it. And again, makes sense too to have John Constantine be such a huge part of this story too, because mm-hmm. Swamp Thing and Vertigo and the Green and everything all come from the same universe. So naturally, he has you know uh, dogs in this fight. Yeah. Also, a guy just entered the chat, Bacon Cheese Cat, which is a wonderful name, and I love it immensely. Thank you, Bacon Cheese Cat. <laughs> That's a good-ass name. <laughs> Haven't seen you before, so welcome to the chat. <laughs> uh, I-, I had one more, and do you have one more, too? I do have one more, yeah. Is it the same one, I wonder? Which one is it? Uh, I had Iron Man 2020 for my last one. Was, was that out this week? I know Rescue yes, was, was out this week. Oh, I haven't read Iron Man. I've read Rescue. Oh, well, you're one behind. But yeah, Iron Man 2020 came oh, out Jesus. this week. <laughs> nah, I know. I know. We're, we're, we're bad at our jobs, man. We can't catch up on anything. <laughs> Tell me about Iron Man. So yeah, Iron Man 2020, uh, picking up from where the last issue left off, Mark 1, the artificial Tony Stark, is leading the robot rebellion mm-hmm. against Arno Stark to try and stop him from uploading a, a basically an evil firmware update that's going to take control of every robot who's connected to the internet. Mm-hmm. And uh, what is it, Machine Smith, he puts out a call to all the other robots, being like, I don't care if you're a fast food mascot or if you're a Roomba, we all got to march on you know, Stark Industries right now. <laughs> So it's like literally robots just marching through the streets. Robo rights now. Robo rights now. <laughs> and Mark One gets beaten by Arno because obviously he's got this big technologically advanced suit, but artificial Tony's just running around in the Mark One. So what did you expect? Yeah. <laughs> he gets his ass. Well, doesn't kill him though. He takes him back to the tower for a really fucked up family reunion between all of the Starks. <laughs> And Tony's like, whoa, this is really fucked up, and it's extra fucked up that you built, like, clones of mom and dad using the corrupted versions of their brain from the Escape virtual reality game yeah, that I one, made. the ones that were stuck in the 50s. Mm-hmm. And so basically, that's putting a ticking clock in there where it's like, Arno, you took these corrupted versions of your parents, are only abusing them, it's only a matter of time before they snap and turn on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Arno has this great, like, pathetic speech where he's like, no, I'm the good guy. Aliens told me I was going to be the good guy and defeat the extinction entity, and that's why I was born, and I got to bring man and robot together, but that can't happen because Tony's ruining everything again. (laughs) He's he's just just a real real whiny-ass speech. 
<laughs> about how Tony's ruining everything and how he was meant to be the hero and how this is all being taken away from him. And uh, it basically ends with uh, Mark One trying to destroy the transponder so the firmware update can't be sent to the internet. And then they imply that maybe he died again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which it's like, what are the robot revolutionaries going to do now? But then it's like, well, if he is an AI, you could just back up his brain. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, it's funny you should mention he died, because that kind of makes the rescue book make a bit more sense to me now. Uh-huh, does it now? Yeah, so the rescue book is obviously about Pepper Potts and the rescue armor, uh -huh. and she's her she's kind of away from all of this uh, robot AI war, because she needs to find some DNA to bring Tony Stark back to life right because they still got to deal with that fact don't they yeah and that to do that they need uh dna from his parents obviously they can't get it from howard marie stark so they go to amanda armstrong his biological mother oh clever clever because she is alive yeah and she she's gone back to london and she's set up like a music studio and everything um and pepper goes there to find her and it's been taken over by the AI stuff and it's been keeping the people as well along with Amanda in the studio so the robots make their own music and uh, let the people listen to it <laughs> kind of torturing them a little bit techno robots make techno yeah. <laughs> um rescue ends up saving her and they end up talking and she doesn't want to give any of her DNA to Pepper to bring Tony back because she's moved on she's realized that the man she met when she first met Tony wasn't Tony which, yeah that's that was, true and she, she never really met her son or met the son she she gave birth to so she's moved on and doesn't want to have anything to do with it anymore um hydra also agree with her and they attack them because they want <laughs> tony stark to be dead to be left dead um Fitting. so her and rescue have to team up to like stop these hydra drone things from killing amanda and uh, the, the AI robots end up helping them because they blast their music at like a certain frequency okay. that disrupts the drones and everything. Um, and throughout the issue, we see we've been shown like parts of like Pepper's life of how like she grew up as like a genius child and was going to go on to do extraordinary mm. things, but ended up being like Tony's assistant, assistant. <laughs> fetching his like clothes and whatnot. Um, but we learned that like, pepper was okay with that because she believed in tony and tony mm. always treated her right and uh, knew how knew her worth and everything and um amanda l learns this and decides she believes in pepper as well so she'll give her dna so she can bring tony back to life so i guess we're backdooring how we eventually bring back 100 percent original recipe tony i guess so yeah which is funny because I kept thinking like this story was going to end with, you know, uh, Mark one Tony being like, ah, I was always Tony all along because I have a soul now. Da, 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 da. Cause mm. that's also kind of what Avengers is doing right now. Are you up yeah. to date on Avengers, Matt? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I just, I did read that issue where it was like all Tony in the past and he's got like that yes. ice age armor and everything. Yes. And also his father seems to be alive in yeah. that book too but it might be the real howard who's been brought back from hell because apparently he yeah, was into rich guy satanism yeah he's like working with um goddamn mephisto and all that 
and also he may have sold Tony's soul already. And I'm like, okay, this is this is a lot of stuff. They don't quite contradict each other, but they're dangerously <laughs> close to contradicting each other. Yeah. So like the real Tony wasn't the real Tony, like the one before the Civil War stuff happened, because his soul wasn't his. And yeah. Good. Because the way I theorized with it, it's like, okay, you know, Avengers takes place before a lot of stuff happens. It takes place, you know, before Captain America has to give up the shield and go underground. It happens before Tony ends up figuring out that he's an artificial intelligence, et cetera, et cetera. That's how mm -hmm. that book kind of gets to exist in its own bubble because it's just happening before stuff. Mm -hmm. This is the first time it starts actually rubbing up against stuff. And in fact, that book goes even further with Aaron being like, oh, well, there must always be a Tony Stark throughout history. Tony Stark is very important, actually. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, how are we going to fucking square this circle? Then? <laughs> I'm sure there'll be a way. I'm sure there will be. It's just like, oof, this is this is a lot to take in right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so was that everything, Matt? Was that everything you read? Yeah, that was everything. All righty, then. I guess we could start winding this show down. Then thank you, everyone, for coming out and joining us on this Sunday. Sorry we missed a live show last week. Hopefully that won't have to happen again unless there's another big emergency. Yeah, we had at least 20 people or over 20 people hanging out with us this whole time. That's great. Uh, actually, before uh, before we clock off, if anyone has any uh, closing thoughts and or questions they want to ask us, uh, let's do that. Because actually, I think uh, I don't think we did a full hour and a half just yet. Oh, no, we actually did a little over an hour and a half. A little over, I look at yeah. The time. Oh, New Genesis just showing up now. <laughs> oh, you just missed us, New Genesis. We were about to sign off, but before we do, uh, we thought we might take some uh, questions from the chat right quick. Uh, that seems to happen a lot. People join just just as we're about to finish. <laughs> I'm usually that guy. Uh, thoughts on the RI or RE3 remake? I'm so behind on RE3 stuff, but uh, looks it, cool. It looks fucking awesome. I can't wait for it. Do you think they'll have a wink and a nod to Christian Bale being Batman in Thor 4? Oh, I think it would be silly if they didn't. Yeah, I'm sure there'll be something. Question, any opinions on the upcoming Spawn trailer? Well, if it's upcoming, Tevi, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, so how would I be able to think well, like, anything about it? Was there a TV show of it or something? Oh, oh, the Mortal Kombat oh, thing. Fuck that. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I don't care. It's, it, it's it's Keith David voicing Spawn. That's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, I don't care. I don't play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I have the Mortal Season, or I have I have the Mortal Season. I have the season pass for Mortal Kombat. I will definitely check it out. Excited for the Ultraman series? Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that. We kind of talked about that last week, uh, Crusader Con. But yeah, Kyle Higgins being attached is super super cool. Yeah. Have you seen season three of Castlevania? No, actually, I have not. I watched like the first two episodes of season one and said, oh, this is cool. I should come back to this. And then I never came back to it. I'm just about to start it. I've just I went back to season two because I couldn't really remember a lot of it. And I'm mm. going I'm almost finished season two. So I'll start season three probably tonight. Apparently, people are super horny for Castlevania yeah. and season three in particular. It's like right at the top of Netflix's recommended. A lot of people I know are talking about it. I definitely feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> uh, hey, Joel, did you hear the real reason Bob Harris keeps giving Scott Liddell work is because they fucked an ostrich together? <laughs> I, just, I just got into letter K. Man, GNG, I was following that <laughs> super hard. Like, I thought you actually had some cool insight and a big story I missed. But then you made a uh, letter Kenny fucking an ostrich joke, which I appreciate even more. Yeah. Thank you. I can't wait to go back and read my expression when I read that. 
Uh, did you already talk about the new map, Bobby? Yes, Bacon and Cheese Cat, right at the top of the show. But, of course, uh, if you missed the show, it'll be up on Patreon first for everyone. You can get it uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can uh, watch the show basically as soon as it's done in both audio and video for a little extra. So be sure to see that. And then it's uh, up in uh, the video version for YouTube Wednesday at 8. And then Thursday it goes across all the audio podcast things. Yeah. Uh, do you think Jim Lee could handle running DC Comics? I mean, he's going to have to try. I mean, it's not like it's just him. It's a big company. Yeah, it, I'm sure he'll do fine. Yeah. <laughs> Devin the Great Season 3 is where shit goes down. All right, good to know. That's good to know. I'm, I'm in for that. Are you going to see Bloodshot when it comes out? Probably not. I, do, I did want to have a Bloodshot video ready to go. I was shocked that it actually came out as soon as it did. You just reminded me that Bloodshot is coming out. <laughs> There you go. Here's the thing. I don't have cable, but where I was last week, I ended up uh, like watching a lot of cable TV. They're doing a pretty good blitz for it to let people know it's coming out. They're not here. <laughs> I know. I know it's on 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 like uh, the cinema website I go to. It is on the coming soon, but like I've seen probably one ad for it. Yeah, I really, I really, because they were nice enough. Uh, to send me Valentine, they were nice enough to send me the big bloodshot collection of like the first major big new run that i'm guessing the movie takes inspiration from i wanted to do a video on it but i just have not had the time to sit down and read it and i know i read at least the first three issues when it was new a while ago and like actually enjoyed it i'm like oh that's pretty cool that's the thing i've wanted to get into like valiant stuff but it's so difficult to because like the runs are like oh this run is like taking place after this run and you need yeah. to read all of this sort of stuff what what is cool about bloodshot in particular if i say nothing else about it, is that you have seen like super soldier stories like this before but what they do different is all in the style the pacing and uh, just the overall presentation is the secret weapon i think to bloodshot at least in this run mm-hmm Tim Seeley is actually writing the newest Bloodshot run right now, and I feel like, oh, crap, I want to catch up just because I want to read more Tim Seeley because he's not writing anything at DC at the moment. Yeah, that's like Colin Bunn is doing a book for them. Uh, Shadow Man. Shadow Man, yeah, and it's it's making me want to get it. It's making me want to get it. Uh, 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 Capcom could potentially be working on a Dino Crisis remake in Darkstalkers 3. Oh, the Dino Crisis remake got cancelled. Oh, did it really? That's a shame. Yeah. I know some people like that. <laughs> what What's Bloodshot's power? See, New Genesis asking the hard-hitting question, what is even a Bloodshot? What does even a Bloodshot do? He is a super soldier, New Genesis, and he has, like, a crazy healing factor, so you can, like, blow him up into nothing, and he can, like, he's, you know, reform himself. He's Wolverine without the metal skeleton and claws. He's basically, he's Captain America Wolverine. Yeah. He's also the Manchurian candidate because, like Wolverine, he doesn't remember much of his own past, and, you know, he kind of has to put all that together. And he's also kind of like the Hulk because the government is always chasing after him. <laughs> uh, if there was ever a slow week for news releases, would you ever consider doing a comic pitch show? Yeah, probably, Lich Lord Chris. We used to do that. That used to be a segment. Like, what's our pitch for this week? Yeah, yeah. Uh, any opinion on the Justice League Dark Apocalypse War? It's a mouthful of a title, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I liked Red Sun, so I'll probably give this other one a try, even though I hate the idea that this is, like, the grand culmination of all of the stupid continuity that the DC animated movies have been saddled with since Flashpoint uh, Paradox. Yeah, we, we didn't talk about Red Sun, did we? 
No, we didn't. We both made videos on it, and I think we both enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I'm kind of upset they didn't do the twist ending. They, they fell mm -hmm. just short of it. That's that's a hard sell to do that particular ending. That but would've it would have been so cool. Mind. That's the point. That's why I wanted them to do it. I was like, just do it. Just say say Superman is a is a relative of Lex Luthor, and this is Earth. <laughs> yeah, just did I blow your mind? Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, everyone, I'm glad we could take some questions there. Thank you, everyone, for uh, hanging out with us just a little bit longer. We'll have to make a point to do this more in the future because I know this is always fun and it's always nice to interact. Yeah. So uh, with that, everyone, we'll start winding down the show. Uh, again, if you're a Patreon member, you'll get to watch the show again first before anyone else for as little as a dollar a month. Be sure to join us next Sunday, same time, same place, and we're going to do it all over again. And, uh, yeah, that's basically it for me. Be sure to check out Matt and myself on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, so you always know what we're doing next. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, any any parting thoughts, Matt? Anything at all? Uh, no, I'm just going to try and get up with my reviews and stuff. I do want to do another one of my retro reviews, and I have – what i want to do it on as well it's i'm not going to reveal it because i i've got a cool cool clickbait title for it oh cool. <laughs> and i'm going to release it before something that dc's got coming up is coming out so hopefully oh. i'll be able to capitalize on that clickbait titles are always fun when we do them <laughs> so on that note everyone i will bid you a goodbye a good night and a don't get coronavirus yeah try not to get it whatever you do don't get it bye bye everybody bye